Welcome to Women Waken, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, early life conditioning to shift from a place of codependency into a divine feminine state of love, harmony, and abundance. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist, and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has experienced most of the issues that I explore on this show. On today's Divine Feminine solo episode, I am offered an episode that's inspired by my time this past week in Salem, Massachusetts for Halloween or as that day is also known as Samhain, the midpoint between fall and winter, a time that is recognized and celebrated in a more nature-based calendar of the year. And by being there, and of course, Salem is famous for the witch trials, I was inspired to think about witchy magic, divine feminine magic, the unique, magic that women hold within them that the world so dearly needs at this time. So that's what I want to get into on this week's episode. So take a listen and enjoy. Hey everybody, Whitney here with a Divine Feminine solo episode. And today I want to share with you about my experience of being in Salem, Massachusetts for Halloween or as it's called, Samhain, which is the Irish Gaelic celebration of the day of Halloween slash the day of the dead. So it's really celebrated on on November 1st, but it starts on the evening of the 31st, so Halloween. And Samhain is akin to Imbolc, Beltane, and Logos, Logs, Logs Nasa? <laughs> Not sure how to pronounce that. But it's the halfway points between solstices and equinoxes and equinoxes and solstices. So when we hit the peak of that season and then begin towards the next. And Samhain in particular marks the end of the harvest season, the movement towards the beginning of winter in December. So we're entering the second half of autumn. Samhain also is the day to acknowledge and recognize the dead, the deceased, our passed on loved ones, our ancestors who are no longer with us in physical form, and to have this time to celebrate their life, to send love to them and to acknowledge any grief, any loss we might feel around those, especially those we might have lost this past year or this past season. So that is Samhain. And of course, we know about Halloween which is also a day that's supposed to recognize the deceased in the past, yet it's really been corporatized and taken over by candy companies and can be a lot of fun. I am a huge fan of Halloween. I love to dress up. I love candy. I love being out at night. It combines all my favorite things. Yet, you know, it's questionable at times why we continue to do some of these celebrations. But I don't want to knock it because I – 
know it brings a lot of people joy and I still enjoy it. And I did have fun at the celebration in Salem. For those of you who are not familiar, Salem, Massachusetts is where the infamous witch trials were held back in the 16, mid 1600s, 300 years ago. Crazy to think. When there were a few girls in this small town that was Salem at the time who began exhibiting strange behaviors, erratic behaviors, stating that they were being terrorized and taken over by a external force. They had a caretaker, sort of a, a woman who helped in the homes of these girls who would tell them folklore and stories and they began to blame her. Anyways, it was whole, this whole thing. If you want to, you know, there's a lot. The Crucible is a fabulous book and movie about it. There's a lot of different books about it. Really, it was like a very small example of what was happening at a grand scale around the world. It kind of spread like wildfire. And this was just a small example in this New England town where 19 people were killed for being accused of being witches or of witchcraft. And even those who had nothing to do with it, it was began to be just about people speaking up, trying to share their thoughts. And if anyone disagreed with them, they were burnt alive or they were hung. One person was pressed to death, was crushed to death because they refused to admit that they were witches. That's how it works, right? They want you to admit something that's not true. And if you stick by your guns and you refuse to lie and say something that's not true, then you die. So... It was pretty atrocious, and this happened, again, at a grand scale around the world at this time, this overall witch hunt, if you will, right, where people who were doing things that others didn't like, it be, that's what it became more about. It wasn't even about people acting out and acting strange like they were possessed, that they were meddling things that were of, quote unquote, the devil, the dark arts. People were doing things that they were considered outliers, not in conformity with what was being done, not aligned with the current thoughts of the time. They were killed. They were killed. They were attacked. They were hung. They were tortured. They were imprisoned for just speaking and sharing the things that they believed. Now, this is a scary thing when people aren't safe to speak their truth. We see that a lot still at this present day. Isn't that something? However, this is something I've brought up. Despite how challenging it can still be in this day and age to speak up, to share our truth, that we might still be attacked, maybe online, maybe by society at large, yet in this time, we won't be dragged into the streets and hung. We won't be burned at the stake. And we know that. And I think that's a big part of the women awakening that's happening on our planet, that women are recognizing we are safe now to speak. Again, we might not be unscathed, and it's not to say that there aren't still parts in the world where women are not able to speak freely and they will be killed because some places have not evolved very far from where we were 300 years ago, unfortunately. Yet in many places in the world, women can speak freely. They can speak their minds. And it just got me thinking a lot about what is a witch what is magic? What are the divine feminine gifts that we bring forward? And why are they so threatening to so many people and always have been? Because again, people were killed for quote unquote witchcraft or practicing the devil's work, whatever they might call it. Even if they were just offering a new idea, a new way of doing something, 
Of course, it was especially sensitive when it came to anything religious, any religious concepts or spiritual concepts. Spiritual specifically because spiritual is on the outside of the encasement of religion. So people did not like that. People did not like others speaking that maybe there was something else outside of religion. They didn't want to believe that because that would shake their foundation of understanding about life. Again, it's safer now to do so because we have expanded our concepts and ideas about the nature of life, about reality, our souls, our spirit, and also the possibilities for life on earth, which includes creating a more balanced, peaceful, harmless, loving, fun, joyous society, species, humanity experience. It's completely possible. And it's the yearning that comes from the heart and souls of so many particularly women, because we hold deeply in our knowing that it is possible because women are that which is a direct channel of source. All humans are, we're all connected. We're all of, of source. But when we come into physicality, it's the woman that brings in life and it's the woman that holds life sacred. So we know that inherently we don't have anything to worry about and that we are of value and that we are magic makers, that we are goddesses gods and creators and we can remake and recreate our world and how we experience it at any time we don't have to wait we don't have to wait for centuries and thousands more years to do this it can start to change now so i was thinking about all this in my visit in salem that okay yes to be real to be honest what was going on in actual salem during those witch trials I think these people were just bored. (laughs) I think I spoke about this in the last episode. I think these girls, I mean, who knows? There's a lot of different theories. Maybe they were overcome by spirits. They were on native grounds. This was a time where settlers had come. It was early on. It was long before the creation of America, since we declared our independence from Britain, all of that. But we, you know, there was still blood spilt by early settlers coming and claiming that land for themselves, for the British crown. So is it possible there was some spiritual stuff going on? Yeah, of course. But to me, every time I read it, it sounds like people who were just bored and trying to act out. And the girls more or less admitted that later. Although they could have just been trying to escape execution and death. So anyways, even with that aside, what it really got me thinking about was what was some of the stuff that was coming up that long ago? Because the further back that we go from modern society, we were more connected with nature. This was back in a time way before all the technological advancements that we have now. We didn't even have electricity back then. We didn't have so many of the things that we have now. So we were way more connected still with the earth, with nature, because we had to be. We had to go wash our clothes in the river. We had to walk around barefoot a lot of the times. We were more connected. And by being connected, we are more aware of source. Again, whether or not we acknowledge it, we are more connected. And so when we do that, we are more apt and able to channel some of the knowledge and wisdom that the earth holds, the truths about what is possible, what we can use as medicine, what we can use as creative energy. Some might call that witchcraft, magic, It's just energy. It's just manipulating, playing with energy, using energy, using the creative life force to 
manifest, to make possible what seems impossible, which is really the funny thing about what people deem to be witchcraft or magic is that everything is magic, right? Everything. Everything that you see. But again, it's like defining a witch. Define magic. What does that mean to you? Well, to me, magic is the creation of something out of nothing. It's magic, right? Like when somebody says, oh my gosh, you know, this this event happened, this concert happened, and it was just like magic. Like the vibe was so amazing. The energy was so great. Out of nothing comes this band, comes this music. Most of us have probably been there when you go to a certain show and it's just there's something special. It has that extra something. Magic. So really everything is magic. <laughs> the fact that flowers bloom out of the ground and are absolutely gorgeous and smell delightful is magic. It's all magic. Life is just magic and we act like it's so serious. It makes me laugh. Anyways, so thinking about how we used to be more connected. And so it would make sense that we were more attuned to the various ways to heal and treat things. Again, another thing that people were deemed witches for were creating potions and what we would now call holistic or naturopathic approaches to healing, caring for, treating wounds, illnesses, ailments. People were deemed witches for doing that kind of stuff, for going out in the woods and collecting herbs and plants to make some kind of concoction, some tinctures, right? Which is also very silly, but people were offended by this because we were, as we are still now, in a predominant masculine space, masculine society, masculine mindset, which is fundamentally led by science. And science is the provability of results over time, consistent results over time. So they needed everything to be proven in a lab and figured out that this is effective. And that works all the time. They developed penicillin in a lab, realizing that a certain mixture of different chemicals and things were able to fight off infection. That's great. But they didn't want to give any credit to the quote-unquote witches who were trying to put together also effective herbs and remedies for ailments and such. Anyways, so I was just thinking about how that was shut down. It was shut down a long time ago. At its inception, a woman's feminine approach to healing, to health, to well-being was shut down and said, that is not valid and that will not be accepted. And if you do this, you will be killed. Fast forward to where we are now. Not the case. We won't be killed. We might not make it very far in this continuously masculine world with our ideas that are too, quote unquote, woo, too spiritual, too out there, too impractical. Yet everything is eventual. We will come to a day where the feminine is revered for their ideas, for their embrace, for their nonviolent approach to communication, to resolution, to shared resources, shared life. We're recognizing more and more, and more and more people are getting frustrated about our current approach to everything. With violence, with might, with greed, with power, with power over. So basically what I'm saying is it's time for these witches to come back around. And again, by witches, I mean people who are open to creating magic which means creating something out of nothing, which means creating what does not exist. 
That to me is the most exciting thing. And I keep getting that message. I've gotten that message directly a few times that says what you can bring into this world, you're not going to know. You can't look around for it. You can't try to look at somebody else as an example for it. You can't expect it to be down the path of something that's already established because what you're bringing forth doesn't exist. And I'm not the only one. There's a lot of us out there, us witches, who are just teeming with this magic that wants to come forth that has not been, that hasn't existed yet in our realm of reality, in our world, in our society. It hasn't existed, but it is going to. That's magic. And we can't let them, yet we also just won't be shut down anymore. When we start to move forward and the time is coming, there's so many women right now who are being more drawn to leaving behind the jobs they held, the work that they did, the lifestyles they had, and moving into a more holistic, spiritual-based business, pursuit, healing, whatever it is. And that's where the magic is going to come through, is through us. And we are going to offer and create new ways of doing and being in the world that does not exist But fast forward hundreds of years from now, it'll be the way that we do it. Because there is coming a time in the not so distant future that this climax that has been approaching for a long time is finally going to peak. It's going to reach its crescendo where we say, oh my God, we cannot live this way anymore. We've been saying this for hundreds of years. Oh God, this is so horrible. This is so terrible. And more and more, even in the past decades, the last hundred years. Because before when we used to fight wars, it seemed to have more purpose. When we fought for this country, it was brutal. The ghosts of the Civil War still haunt this country, have no doubt. That's another fascinating thing about being on the East Coast. You can feel it. You can sense it. There was so much bloodshed here to establish what we have now. And again, as we know, it was not, it was um, unjust in a lot of ways, of course. And it was about greed in a lot of ways. It was rooted to some degree by people who did truly believe in a new experience of a nation for the freedom of the people. Yet ironically, they achieved that by destroying what already existed here, by not allowing what was here to have freedom. And so we have what we have today, which is a society that doesn't hold the founding principles that it was created upon. Not at all not equality, not freedom for all. So what do we do now? And what happens next is the question. Because the wars that we fight now are just terror. We're just terrorizing other nations, other people, other countries, all for the pursuit of power. We fight wars to try and stop wars. We use violence to try and end violence. It's nonsensical. And rather than admitting that it doesn't work and trying a new approach, we just keep turning up and up and up the violence. It will end. It will end. It is inevitable. It is eventual. And it will come from the women, from the feminine, finally being allowed to have a voice and come forward and say, are you ready to listen now? Are you ready to listen now to us, to others who have a different idea of how to create peace collaboration, resolve that doesn't involve wars and violence. 
There are more and more people out there who are speaking to this. I've spoken about Marion Williamson, who's running again for presidency. And if you want to understand further about some of the feminine ideals that can actually be put into place in various masculine-dominated sectors of society, including politics, hear her out. I'm not saying you have to vote for her or be for her, but if you're listening to this podcast, you probably kind of like her. <laughs> She's very was one of the predominant figures of spiritual expression and ideas for decades now. And she offers about nonviolence and that war is not the answer and that there are other ways that we don't have to keep feeding this military industrial system that we live in. So bringing this back, I'm saying all of this because women tried to speak up. They tried to offer new ways. They tried to do things differently for hundreds of years. They tried to, and they were killed and they were silenced and they were forced out. They were killed by the thousands. They were killed by the hundred thousands. It is said that there were millions of people who died during these witch hunts. They just wiped people out. In the book Before War by a lovely guest that I had on my show, Alicia Deva, she talks about how there was a village in Europe that they killed so many of the women that they wiped out the entire female population. There was no women left. And this happened in many different places. Yet that's not the world that we live in. The majority of us, the majority of the population do not live in those conditions any longer. So what will we do now? How will we step forward now? How will we embrace our magic? I love the phrase, my friend was doing a reading for me once and she was doing a past life reading. And I actually saw it so clearly because she was doing sort of like a guided meditation for a past life. And I was this young woman in this prominent family, a prominent medical family. My doctor was a prestigious doctor and I was learning medicine. And I distinctly remember that I was kind of saying, um, I think that there's other ways to do this. I think there's a different offering. I think there's ways that aren't as severe as surgery and all of this. I think that there's different energetic ways to heal. And in my regression, I remember being told by my, it was like my um, fiance or something, like this handsome, another, you know, socialite, high social person. And he was like, you, if you, you can't talk about this, you need to stop. You need to stop saying these things because it's crazy. You sound like a lunatic. You'll put shame on your family if you keep speaking of this. And I refused. I refused and I lost him. He abandoned me and so did my family. And a few spiritual guides that I worked with said that. They said, you have, you still are holding on to abandonment wounds from your past lives because of that, of trying to speak up, speak up to what you believe was possible, of more innovative approaches, more feminine-based approaches, more holistic approaches to things. And people didn't want to hear it, so they abandoned you. And it would make sense that that's why I'm here today in this lifetime, having this, you know, having this urge, this impetus to speak on behalf of the need for women to have a voice and a presence and an approach in creating new systems in our society because we haven't been allowed to. We were shut down and shut down, but not anymore. It's entirely possible that in our lifetime, we will see the shift begin to happen. We already are. There's way more influence of the feminine in a lot of different sectors, and that's beautiful. And there will be more. 
Yet it will require those brave souls out there, those of us who are going to speak up, even if it means being vilified and being mocked, because yes, they may throw stones, they may say names and call us things, but they're not going to kill us. And they're not. They're not going to string us up in the town square. Not now. Not in 2023. Not in the foreseeable future. So it's our time. It's our time to get out our cauldrons, <laughs> to roar up the fire and get them bubbling and mixing our brew and coming forward and doing new things, new ways. And the best part is, is that, again, I've spoken before about I'm a believer that it's not about tearing down and burning down what is. It's about just creating the new. And then you make the old obsolete. That's a quote from Buckminster Fuller, who said something along those lines. It's not about burning down what is. It's about making, creating the new that makes the old obsolete. Let's do that. Let's do that. And not by force. We just bring something into being that's so fantastic and so much more desirable than what is that people will, on their own accord, by their own truth, by their own nature, gravitate towards what's been newly created. Because it works. It works for more people. It works towards achieving what we say we wanted for so long. And I believe women are going to be the ones to do that, to have the biggest hand in that. Those witches out there, we're being called together. Let's gather. There's a reason why we're drawn to moon cycles, why we're drawn to the full moon, dancing out under the moon, connecting with nature. We're all ready to get back to the source, to the roots, where we can be like hundreds of years ago, where we were more connected with the earth, with the soil, with nature, with our hands in the ground, our bodies in the water, soaking up and connecting with the secrets, the magic that the earth, the land has to share with us. And they can laugh at us now, but they're not going to kill us. They're not going to hurt us per se. Not like they used to. We're not going to be ostracized and abandoned. Like so many of us were in past lives. Like so many of our ancestors were left alone to cry in despair. That they had been left. That they had been deemed a witch. And nobody would have anything to do with them. Or they'd be locked away or they would be killed. We're not there anymore. And that was my takeaway from exploring Salem, that we're in a whole new age of the witch. (laughs) This is the season of the witch, the time of the witch, the new kind of witch, the beautiful divine feminine goddess witch who knows how to work with her magic and is ready to bring it forth. So that's my take on Salem, Massachusetts, more specifically going there for Halloween. I give it like a like a four stars out of five, I would say it's worth seeing, but you don't have to see it. It's basically just like a big old block party. And it was fun. Like they had a lot of bands playing and all the costumes were really cool to see, but it wasn't like quite as like hyped up as I thought it would be, or like, uh, you know, just unbelievably incredible. It was just like a cool block party, a really big block party, like 10 blocks big of a block party and everybody kind of parading around. So yeah, it's a good time. I would say like, If you want to have a road trip and get some friends together and go out there and get really cool costumes established, I didn't have a costume. I just had found this dress that just has, it's black, sheer black and has a bunch of stars and moons on it. And I was like, yeah, cool. I'll be like a star child. Perfect. A star seed. Anyways, it was definitely fun um, to explore 
and to experience it. But I would say like, you don't have to do it. <laughs> it's not, it's not like that great, but it is fun. It is a lot of fun. And it's also where they filmed Hocus Pocus, which is cool. And they have the history, the witch, the witch history museum, which is also a little bit overrated, but it's still fun. It gives you that feel of, you know, you're back there in the 1650s and it's kind of wild. Okay. And now, because this is the Divine Feminine solo episode, I'm going to pull a card for you all today, for whoever is listening. This message is for you. And it is kind of speaking, I'm, I'm kind of calling out, you know, calling in our, our ancestors, our guides who uh, maybe were witches in the past, maybe were killed and abandoned. And what, what message do they have for us to hear right now? Those of us who are like, I'm going to pull my hat out. <laughs> I'm going to get my witchy hat, which by the way, could be anything. That was, a, that was a fun thing with the witch museum in Salem as they were talking about sort of the progression of what is a witch and how pointy hats came to be a thing about witches and green face, which only came to be a thing because of the Wizard of Oz. And just like how it's so funny that witches became deemed to have like warts and big noses and all these things. So funny. Okay, so let's see what card wants to come out, which it is funny to be pulling tarot. I'm actually doing, um, I'm pulling from the Rider Waite, which is like sort of the traditional tarot deck. It has the traditional cards that we all kind of know and think of and resource when it comes to tarot cards. And it's funny because it's definitely a tool that witches would use. And I guarantee you, even 300 years ago, witchy type women were using some kind of oracles or divination tools, which tarot is considered a divination tool. You are divining with source to bring forth messages. So let's see. Let's go ahead and pull a card for this. What our ancestors want us to know. Give us a message to us witches. Ooh. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love this. Oh, my gosh. I feel like it's really affirming what I was saying, right? That everything is eventual. That this is our time. That things are changing. I got the world and the eight of wands. That is so wild. Okay, so the world is literally the culmination card in the tarot. It's the final card of the deck. It's where everything comes together. It's where the end of an era, the end of a cycle, the end of a time, a celebration and acknowledgement of what was and a moving into an, a grander, more profound, more prolific, more powerful time. It is it. <laughs> it is time for a whole new world is what this is saying. And then the eight of wands is it's happening fast. <laughs> it's going to happen quicker than you think. And I say that, that's something I often say is that we often look around the world and we're like, oh gosh, it's going to take so much for everything to change here. Like how could everything's so established and we're so stuck in this and this, all the powers that be are so powerful and there's just no way. Nope. That's not true. Things can happen way faster than you think when the right things align at the right time. So this world, this new era, this culmination of things into a new time is going to start moving quickly. And I feel like these seven of wands almost kind of look like broomsticks. So they're saying, ladies, get your broomsticks, jump on, bring in your gifts, bring in your magic, and let's create this new world. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Have a beautiful day. Take care. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. 
And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world. Thank you.